Racism is a label that is widely used, and often misused, to characterize every dispute under the sun where even a slight hint of race-slash-ethnic tint can be pinpointed regardless of the issue's merits, and especially useful to silence dissent. For the record, the calls to end racism will always be as effective as demands for rain to stop and for golden eggs to fall from the sky. Here's the definition according to Merriam-Webster. Greater than racism, a belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities, and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. There's no denying that racism exists, and please note that the word hate is nowhere to be found in the definition, although that's probably the most common connotation when using the label. In addition, racism is protected by the First Amendment, as indicated in forced diversity and illegal non-discrimination laws. The point was made in you're a racist, bigot, xenophobe, and must repent how the racist label is employed to combat reality. Greater than but as logic prevents one from being swayed, the tactic, once again, is to rely on the effects of social stigma by labeling one a racist, bigot and xenophobe, among others, and then to seek a silencing mechanism so their alleged truths are not disturbed by the facts. Toni Morrison's quotes about racism are widely publicized, but they are platitudes that never address the core of the definition, while dismissing biology entirely, which runs counter to racism itself. Greater than there is no such thing as race. None. There is just a human race, scientifically, anthropologically. Racism is a construct, a social construct and it has benefits. Money can be made off of it, people who don't like themselves can feel better because of it, it can describe certain kinds of behavior that can are wrong or misleading, so it has a social function, racism. Impossible to be racist with only one race, and that's why people receive Nobel Prizes in literature, not logic. Why distinguish humans from gorillas when just 1.75% of the DNA is different? Is it about looks? In 2007, Dr. James Watson, the Nobel Prize-winning scientist that discovered DNA, made a statement that was inexcusable to the politically correct community and literally ended his career. Greater than he was inherently gloomy about the prospect of Africa because all our social policies are based on the fact that their intelligence is the same as ours, whereas all the testing says not really. Believe it or not, we're there again with COVID-19, because the experts continue to look for a solution to the problem while assuming that there's only one race, the human race. Maybe that's why there aren't any vaccines for HIV and influenza, among others, after decades of endless formulas and off-the-mark socially acceptable babbling. In contrast, the very same crowd that embraces science and finds it extremely convenient when addressing climate change, although it has more holes than Swiss cheese, will waste no time crucifying any scientist that points out unwanted scientific differences among the various strains of the human species, especially intellectual ability. But science aside, it's impossible to ignore the socio-techno-economic achievement differential among the races since the Portuguese conquered Ceuta in 1415, to keep it contemporarily relevant, and the conclusion is the same as Dr. Watson's. The college trap and silly forced diversity ad nauseum provided an example about historically black colleges and universities, literally segregated educational communities, that cannot be explained away by blaming others. Greater than nationally, for all schools, black and white, the graduation rate is 60%, Taylor said. So, no one really is doing a good job. The graduation rate for HBCUs is only 35%, Taylor said. Did Dr. Watson mentioning testing? How are the gaps in average mathematics scale scores justified after decades of social programs, diversity and inclusivity? Certainly not for lack of access to information. Average mathematics scale scores, by selected race-slash-ethnicity, 1973-2012. One of the key questions was posed in its realism, not racism and it's understandable why the racism label is applied mostly to white people. 
greater than is it racism to point out the indisputable fact that the US and European Union combined account for almost 50% of global GDP but only 12% of the world's population. And do you think that's by chance? Then another question was presented and hunger in Africa defies logic but is predictable. Greater than Africa has 60% of the world's arable land, 17% of the world population, but has 30% of the world's undernourished human beings, and a GDP smaller than the United Kingdom. What's wrong with this big picture? Yet racism remains the preferred sticker used in the attempt to circumvent the irrefutable data. But the assertion that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race remains uncontested because it's impossible to prove that all races slash ethnic groups are equal. Actually the contrary is true. Pointing out differences and deficiencies is never about hate, but rather about social welfare, economics and resource allocation, and one cannot continue to blow air into a pricked balloon because it will never fill up and will never fly. Dr. Watson was a genius for identifying something that cannot be seen with the naked eye, but was shunned for stating something that can be easily proven by measurable and tangible intellectual and economic output, year in and year out. Having cashed in his presidential privilege economic chips, Barack Obama moved to Martha's Vineyard in Dukes County, Massachusetts, one of the whitest communities in the country where the population is 90.1% white and 4.5% black. He avoided his hometown of Chicago where his library will be built, with a population composed of 30.1% blacks and 49.4% whites and with plenty of multi-million homes available. Is he privy to information that the rest of America doesn't know about? Hmm. Dash.